we're gonna get stuck in, folks. So, welcome to our Thursday live chat. Welcome to Ombile. What we're gonna be doing this evening is we're gonna be talking into talking about what we do after the adventure. And I think this is actually quite a key subject to talk about because not many people deal with it, or rather, people deal with it in different ways. And I feel like it's not a subject that's broached too much. Mark 5, awesome to hear, my friend. I think it's not really a subject that's broached too much. And ultimately, we want to be understanding what we're doing after the adventure. Now, let's say that we have done a big thing, the goal that we're trying to achieve. Maybe that's a mountain to climb, maybe that's a race, maybe that, whatever it is, the event, whatever it is. Now, we go through a very, very normal, very, very natural cycle of things. You're either going to do one of three things, um, or you might do a combination of these three things. First one, what I suggest people do is an after-action review. You do your, uh, you do your event, do your race, do whatever it is. Sit down, get a notebook out, and be like, right, what went well, what didn't go well. We used to do this in the army after patrols, and we do an after-action review after patrols, and we would sit down, still covered in cam cream, absolutely hanging, but it was the best time to be able to sit down and say, look, this is the time where we say, this is what went well, this is what didn't go well. This person messed up, this happened, we need to work on this, and so on and so forth. And because it's still present in mind, it's a lot easier to be able to do it. Uh, I'm casting my memory back now to Claire when she did her event last year, uh, which was the uh, Grossglockner Trail in Austria last year. And she actually sent me her after-action review while still in Austria. Whoops. While still in Austria. Which was great because you're doing the after-action review in situ. And what we used to do in the army is we'd sit down and quite bluntly it was an opportunity to say, look, I think this was wrong here. I think this was wrong here. Actually, this went well and I need to work on this. And I want you to do the same thing with this particular adventure. And, you know, whether that's your half marathon, Sarah, for example, uh, whether that's the first bike ride, other Sarah, for example, you know, whether that's going for running the 10, maybe that's looking at um, your 5 and 10Ks as they come up, Mark, you know, it's looking at these and sitting down, right, what went well? What was good about training on the way up? How was my nutrition, if we're looking at that? How was my strategy for the race? I think Sarah's a prime example here. When we did the half marathon, strategy for the race. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? What did we learn? Maybe we went out too fast. Maybe we need to alter certain things. And this is great. This is all just a learning process. Because the more you learn that, the more you build up your repertoire of knowledge and experience. And what that means is that's your first thing to do. The second of the three things is you go into post-adventure blues. And that's the kind of come down. And that really happens when you've had an adventure where you've You've really pushed yourself and you've gone somewhere very special. Um, I went to a pretty dark place after I came back from Iceland because I was just, well, just quite frankly, a bit down in the dumps. I wasn't there anymore. And you get these post-adventure blues because you've just been doing so much to get there. And then it, all of a sudden it's over and you're kind of like, oh, I kind of wish I was still there, really. It's a bit like when you go on holiday, post-holiday blues, isn't it really? Or post-Christmas blues, all the rest of it. Um, and the third is you do nothing. Or you're looking for the next goal to do. You know, I've, I've, I've had it so much in the past where you've been going for a challenge and maybe I'll set 10 weeks. For the majority of the challenges I've done, I usually set 10 weeks of, of specific training. So for the rope climb, 10 weeks of training, 16 marathons, 10 weeks of training and so on and so forth. But by around like week eight, I already knew what I was going to be doing next. And that's a good and a bad thing because I know there are people in this group who are in a very similar mindset. Now, it's a good thing because 
you're clearly getting a bug for something and you're you're continuing and you're like yes i'm excited to go and do the next thing i'm looking forward to the next um challenge and so on but it's also a slightly negative thing in the way that there's only so much energy that we have there's only so much fuel that we have to be able to continually do adventure stuff i wrote the book on this team because i've pushed it too far and you go into overtraining, and then you've got three months off, maybe even more. I know people who have had six months off from overtraining syndrome, and they've just pushed it too far. Because they're like, right, next one, next one, next one, next one. And then all of a sudden, you've got nothing left. You've got nothing left, and you're absolutely hooped. Or you've got to think about jobs and other stuff going on, you know. Um, the thing is, as we go through these challenges, and as we're going to talk about this evening with my notes just in front of us here, there are certain things that we need to understand First and foremost is we don't train for a job all the time. You know, it's it, we're, none of us here are professional adventurers or professional athletes as much as I, I hate the professional adventurer term. You know, none of us here are professionals. Like we've all got jobs. You know, we've all got stuff that we need to be, that we need to do. And we've all got commitments in our life. So we need to make sure that there's balance because there will definitely be an imbalance while you are really dedicating yourself to training for something big. There, there will be, there absolutely will be. Sacrifices will have been made. Now, as you're going through the aftermath of one of these adventures or big events, and you're looking at these three things, what I want to do is I want to go through systematically each of the three, and I want to add in a few dits and tangents and things around each one. Now, the After Action Review, I think we've kind of covered really, and I'm going to put a separate training together specifically on just an After Action Review, just so that we can really dive into the weeds with what it is that we've learnt and how we can look and grow and adapt. And that's going to be in the new Basecamp when it gets launched next week. Um, there'll be a slight note on that rather at the end of this call as well. Now, post-adventure blues, very, very, very common thing. We get back and we're like, a little bit deflated, don't really know what we're doing now. And, you know, it just doesn't... Maybe there's nothing that we need to be training for. Maybe there isn't another challenge to do. And we're kind of like, well, that was fun, but it's kind of the dopamine hits over. And this is why I'll say, team, to every single person I think I've ever met, really, where we've had a deep enough conversation and it's becoming overachieving. Who you become along the way is so much more important than what you achieve, because if you just focus on what you achieve, team, you're going to have this feeling. Yes, you can't really avoid it, but you're going to have it a lot harder if all you're doing is focusing, focusing, focusing on that end game. Whereas if you focus on the boring, the monotonous, the mundane, the daily practice of you doing training, mobility, rehab, every single day, eating well, discipline, going to bed on time, doing the do, every single day and you fall in love with that, you become the person who can achieve certain challenges. You become a different type of uh, wrong. You improve and change your identity and yourself. You become someone new. Not just someone who achieves challenges, because these challenges are not your value or identity. Your values come through a prolonged period of training and development and discipline and habits, right? So we need to make sure that we've got that first and foremost. Otherwise, we're, we're spelling up for you know, what can be quite a quite a drastic downturn, really, at the end of the challenge. You know, you've done something really cool. You've had an adventure. It's a real visceral experience, a core memory and of such in your mind. And then it's gone. And it can, it, it can really affect you. It certainly affected me over the time, for sure. And it's how we deal with that. Now, the first thing we do, our after-action review, can help us deal with that. Because we can be like, okay, if we're looking at the things that we're understanding, okay, what hasn't gone well... 
then automatically what we're doing is, in our minds, is we're putting together the next stage of training and development, really. Let's say we look at, um, I'm going to use Claire as an example here. So some of these facts are going to be made up because I can't remember off the top of my head her full after action review from last year. But let's just say, you know, we've done an ultramarathon or a marathon or whatever across the Austrian Alps, right? Across the mountains. And we realized, you know what? Um, actually, I didn't train with poles as much as I should have done. Actually, my downhill um, running technique wasn't fantastic. You know, actually, I was hooped on the certain climbs. So there's a bit of adaptation there. Actually, my torch ran out, or I didn't get the timings quite right, or the admin of the race, you know, all these sort of things. Because we can look at that and go, right, well, clearly I need to get better at downhill running. Clearly I need to, you know, increase my strength and stability. Maybe I need to look at my nutrition strategy. Maybe I need to look at the logistics of a next race. You know, what would I do for a next race? And it starts this thought process. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, maybe I could do that. And actually, um, within a week, I think, Claire turned around and said, right, I've got the next challenge for next year. And crucially, gave herself a year to do it, gave herself some time off, and then we went into the training for that next uh, for that next challenge. So what we're doing here, folks, is going through that after-action review is a very cathartic way of kind of drawing a line underneath what that challenge is. Now, let's say that your challenge isn't a race per se, but it's more of a multi-day thing. I'm going to use my Iceland trip as an example here. You know, that was 28 days. That was an awful long time. And... I had fully changed lifestyle in that month of just constant cycling every single day and burning a boatload of cash on food because it was so expensive out there. Uh, that became my identity. So by the time I you know, was on the bus on the way to the airport, I, I didn't know what I was doing because I was like, I don't go on buses. I just cycle everywhere. You know, going to the campsite, having a normal shower like a normal person and then going to obviously Papa John's Pizza after in Reykjavik. And, and just eating normally was completely different. And one thing that was incredibly powerful for me, I'm not very good at journaling. I'm not very good at sitting down and just writing thoughts for a very long time. I'm a, I'm a list kind of guy. I will make a list and then I'll think about that list. But I thoroughly emptied my brain of everything that I loved and everything that I didn't love and everything that went well and didn't go well and lessons and things for that entire challenge. And then it was kind of I think the last sentence I wrote, maybe I should, I might, I might read it out one day as one of these calls. It'd be really interesting actually to look back. You know, I'm pretty sure the last line that I wrote was, I'll be back here. I'm just not sure when. And actually I'm planning on going back next year. You know, you're, you're using that as a, as a way of drawing a line underneath the adventure rather than continuing this strategy of waking up the next day and expecting to run or cycle or do whatever it is you're doing. You know, I know Mark's been talking to me in the background about, you know, hiking the King's Trail in Sweden. Well, that's a bloody long way. That's 480, I think, kilometers off the top of my head. That's going to take him a while. You know, we've got Tony running the 10. You know, we've got people doing lots of multi-day events here where actually it's going to take a lot more time and effort for us to deal with the come down after that. Now, here's another thing, folks. As you're going through your after-action review, you need to cover things like, okay, what have I neglected while I've been going through that challenge or that adventure. And I'm not talking about training and fitness and food here, folks. I'm talking about you as a person. How were you as a partner? How are you as a dad or a mum or a brother or a sister or a son or a daughter? How did you show up as a dog mum, dog dad? How do you show up to your friends? You know, when we understand what we're neglecting, then we need to understand, well, actually, 
maybe our next challenge actually isn't a physical challenge or maybe it shouldn't be yet. You know, let's say we have a challenge, what are we in March? Let's say we do a challenge in April and we do an after action view, we sit down and we run through it. And then you think, actually, you know, I've got time in the year to do something. Well, maybe your next challenge should be, you know, September, October, November time. So that it gives you the time to then say, look, I need to figure out where I've neglected on my own self-absorbed challenge and pursuit of this particular challenge. It's a very selfish thing to do challenges. Yes, it's fun. And yes, we can do things for charity and, and kind of sell it to ourselves as a good thing. But at the hand of it, it's a very selfish thing, especially if we're in a family unit. That's not to say it's bad. It's not to say that we shouldn't do it. It's to say that we've got to appreciate that after the challenge. I've been on challenges that have ruined relationships in the past because I've put that ahead of, ed ahead of anything else. When I was training for special forces selection in the army, I was obsessed with that. And I put that above everything. Everything. If it didn't have anything to do with me passing that course, I was not interested. And relationships went by the way by. And, you know, you look back on them and you think, actually, that was not a very good human being thing to do. But I didn't deal with that. I just cracked on and went to the next thing. And that wasn't very good. Granted, I'm here where I am now. But when we look at these things in more detail, we need to make sure that we understand that doing these things is a very selfish, self-absorbed thing to do. Whether you're doing it with someone or not, you still need to understand that actually there's an element that you're cutting away from your life to give yourself the time. Look at... Um, Ironman triathletes, for example, notoriously can take anywhere, even as an amateur where you're working at the same time, anywhere up to sort of 12 hours of training per week and multiple training sessions. First thing in the morning, last thing at night, you're, you're giving boatloads of time and energy. And guess what? That time and energy was taken up with something once upon a time. Even on busy days, what are you giving up? There are days I haven't, you know, taken the dog out for as long of a walk as I should have done. And a mini after action review for these things kind of puts into perspective, actually, I need to not neglect this. I need to not neglect that part of my life. Because, yes, it is completely possible to be able to dedicate yourself to these things, continue and grow and become a better person to those around you at the same time. But as we approach that race day, things get a little bit more self-centered. It's not a bad thing. It's a necessary thing. But what we need to do is we need to make sure at the other end we look at that and go, I've neglected certain areas and now I need to fix them. In addition to that, we need to understand that there's a come down in three different areas. Body, food and mind. And that come down is kind of, it's the mind ticking down. You know, you've built yourself up to do this big challenge and, and you know, all this thing that you've been really geeing yourself up to do, whether it's one day, multiple days, maybe it's, you think it's small or big or whatever, it doesn't matter. If you've built yourself up to do it, then after you're going to have a bit of a, whew, and the mind's going to tick down. And your mind might turn around and go, oh, actually, it wasn't too bad. Or your mind will turn around and be like, oh my God, I went through battle then. That was, that was quite significant. And then you're going to be like, I'm still kind of ready for the fight. I'm kind of ready for the next day or I'm ready for the next part of it. And you can find it difficult and restless to have that mental come down from it. That's why when we do marathons and things and then we go to bed that night, you don't really sleep very well. You kind of get restless leg syndrome. You're kind of feeling a little bit, yes, you're tired and yes, you're physically broken and you need a bit of re recovery to do. But also your mind is still wired. You know, being around the crowd as well, your mind is wired by this constant... Um, drive and constant stimulus, if that disappears, then all of a sudden it can be quite difficult to come down. It's a bit like having, you know, it's a bit like going to bed at, say, 10 o'clock, but then having 
a triple espresso at 7pm, you know, it's very difficult to then go to sleep. Yes, you'll go to sleep eventually, but is it the best sleep in the world? No, it's not, because there's a psychological come down. The second element is a training come down. You're not going to continue the next day like you were training on, you know, week 10 of a 10 week training program. You need to make sure that you are dialing it down, but not stopping altogether. Because again, the body is so used to doing so much work up to the peak, up to the pinnacle of that training program, of that particular event, that then we need to make sure that we are still training after. And we need to be very careful with how we break that training down to ensure that you're coming down from the top like this, but not going boof straight down in a vertical line, but rather coming down gradually. Because again, your body's going to be primed for movement. Your body's going to need recovery. And like I'll tell everybody here is after they've done like big training sessions and they're sore and everything's stiff and horrible, get out and go for an easy run, do some easy work, go for a swim, whatever that is, because you're doing the same principle on a more macro scale. On the bigger scale, after you've done something like huge that you've been really building up to, you know, we need to be building that down. Claire, for example, when we both go to Austria this year, you know, we're going to be doing, um, how far are we going? 84 kilometers. You know, up and down some mountains, loads of vert. It's going to be horrible. Some legs are going to be on fire. But the next day, we're going for a run. Maybe to a lake. Definitely going to be followed by strudel. But easy, steady, to just allow the legs to just deal with it. It's a bit like going 100 miles an hour down the motorway. You're not going to just slam the brakes on. This is a good analogy. You're not just going to slam the brakes on because obviously things are going to go wrong. But you're going to slow down gradually. And that's what we need to do with our training. And that's, that needs to be carefully managed just to ensure that you are recovering adequately and building in the, the relevant uh, flexibility, mobility and the rest of it. The third come down is nutritionally. If you're lowering your exercise, you don't need to be um, eating the same as you were at the peak of your training. So again, we need to make sure that that's managed. We need to make sure that, that is um, conducive to your recovery ensuring that you're eating the right stuff to aid that recovery, not the stuff that is going to aid high performance like we have been for however many weeks beforehand. So we need to be looking that we're encouraging recovery and then kind of coming back into that healthy human diet, as it were. You know, the healthy human diet versus the athlete diet. There's the, the, the two very big polar opposites. So we need to make sure that we're coming back to that side of life again, just to ensure that we can deal with that over the longer term. Because then that all flows in with then, as we're managing this, we are then giving back to those areas that we have neglected in life. And we are then understanding how we can switch back into the gear that is not top gear, but rather the gear that allows us to be the jack of all trades once again, rather than the master of that one. Does that make sense? Give me a feel, team, in the uh, comments if that makes sense. If that's landing, um, let me see how many people we've got here. You know, we've got seven or eight of you here, so just just give me a feel for, is that landing? Give me a yes or a no. Give me a biggest takeaway so far, just so I know I'm not talking to the wall, um, and then we'll get stuck in. I am going to continue talking, mind, because I know that there's a bit of a lag. Um, not a very big lag, though. Look at that. Sarah's straight in. Thank you very much. Uh, in fact, Sarah, you're going to be quite a good example here. You know, going from, you know, competitive mountain bike racing, you're probably going to have the same thing, similar... Um, similar experiences from going from, you know, absorbing yourself in racing and going hard on a bike and doing what you need to do for various races. You know, you're going to have a very similar thing there. The come down after competition day where you're absolutely buzzing and then it's like, oh, right, what do I do after? Or the neglect uh, thing, areas in your life that you've been neglecting in order to get to that point. 
you know, there's areas there that um, are going to need addressing. And I assume here that you have also experienced. Claire, it does indeed. Yeah, 100%. You know, we, we walked and talked through this as we went through post your event anyway. Uh, and we had a nice detailed after action review. We're going to be doing the same after action review together in Austria in the sunshine eating strudel. It's going to be great. Felt very relatable. I used to be obsessed with racing and would shun social things if it interfered with my riding. Yeah, 100%. Welcome to the Ben Turner mentality back, back in the day. You know, if it's not got anything to do with you and your progress, get rid of it. It sounds awful when you say it like that, but it, 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 it's the same thing. It really is the same thing. Ruth resonates. Awesome. Yeah, 100% team. 100%. Now, after that, we need to make sure that we've got the right tools in place to keep us going. Now, it's a bit like, you know how like Slimming World, I know it's a bit of a dirty word, but you know how Slimming World, if you, if you leave Slimming World, you have no idea how to lose weight because Slimming World makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. So once you've left it, you're like, what the hell do I do? You know, calorie deficit, energy deficit. What do I do? I just need to jog to burn calories. Like, what do I do? What we need to do after this adventure is to make sure that we've got the skills and the knowledge and the accountability in place, just to make sure that we can keep you going. Do you know what I mean? To make sure that we can have that accountability, have the structure, and understand how we're going to build that back up. Because being on your peak for a race, let me get this straight, folks. Uh, might hit hard is not you at your peak as a human being. It's not. You as a peak high performer is not you competing and winning a race. It's not. You as a peak high performer is you training consistently, doing the do, eating well, living well, feeling fantastic, having energy for those around you and, and, and your values in life and the people that mean the most to you and acing every single one of those different areas. All those different facets of health that we've talked about in the sort of jigsaw of health that we've got with the different pieces in front of us, it's it's acing each and every single one of those. And race day does not cover that. Race day covers one of them quite significantly, maybe two, but not all of them. So we need to make sure that we're then rebuilding and repairing the best version of you possible to then push you forward. And that's where the coaching process really comes into its own there because, you know, the two plus two equals four, the training and the nutrition, that's the simple part. It's the it's the understanding how to get back to your best version of yourself, bearing in mind there are more people in your life, that's where the money's at, and that's the difficult thing to overcome. Because there's four pillars in the adventure coach, isn't there? You have the build, the manage, the forge, and the become, right? And as you're going through, we're building the body, the physical fitness, we're managing the nutrition and the and the health, which is good. We are forging mental resilience and we're becoming that adventure skilled version of ourselves. But once we've done that and we've achieved the goal, we then need to build that best version of you. We need to manage your nutrition in a different way, manage your fitness in a different way. It's a different type of mental resilience that needs to be forged at this point. And then I've disappeared apparently. Have I disappeared? I shouldn't have disappeared. I hope I've not disappeared. Team? Jump on comments. Have I disappeared? I've just had a message. I'm going to give you 20 seconds. Otherwise, I'm going to continue because my camera looks fine. Still there. Okay, sorry. Cool. Um, right, so where was I? 
Da, 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 build, manage, forge. Yes, it's a different type of mental resilience. Uh, it's still there. Thank you very much. Um, it's a different type of mental resilience. And then you're becoming something entirely different. Do you know what I mean? There's a, there's a very big difference between the version of you that achieves and the version of you that has become someone. The best version of you is someone who can has the power and the strength and the fortitude to be able to do these things, but doesn't stick their entire value in that. Uh, I think Ruth is a fantastic example for this, actually. You know, Ruth, for those who don't know, um, I'd suggest Ruth, it's, it's not been, it's been a bit of a rocky start to this year, hasn't it, really? But you're still progressing towards Brighton Marathon. Team, for those who don't know, after Brighton Marathon, Ruth's doing 12 months of 12 triathlons. A different triathlon every single month. Ruth's never done a triathlon before. But Ruth isn't trying to become a triathlete, per se. Ruth's trying to become someone who is strong enough and capable enough to take on the next challenge. This is coming from a background of doing 365 days of 5k runs, 52 weeks of half marathons, now 12 months of triathlons, culminating in quite a big adventure that's going to be in North Wales for the final one. It's not to say that there's Ruth the triathlete, it's there to say that actually it's Ruth the adventurer, Ruth the person who can overcome challenge, Ruth the person that can fit this in around lifestyle, Ruth the person who doesn't need to go to a race just to do a um, just to do a triathlon. It's Ruth that say, uh, actually, I'm going to go off and do it off my own back that month or that particular day on the month. It's that person who can look at the build, the manage, the forge, and the become and manage it around everything else in life. Being there as a wife, being there in your job, being there in those who mean the most around you or in your life. The more we can balance that, that's the winner. That's what we need. It's that balance, not just the achievement. And once you have that balance, awesome. Let's continue it. Let's keep it going. Let's keep pushing on. Because then, once you've got that balance and everything's back and hunky-dory again, we could then be looking at, right, thinking of a different challenge. And then we're starting that cycle again. It's a great big cycle of balance, living in balance, conception of idea, training towards the idea, booking it and getting it gets real, execution of the adventure, the review of the adventure, return back to balance, and then it's balance again. And then you are going around that cycle over and over and over again so that you are, A, not overworking yourself. Why do you think athletes take you know, big seasons off. We want to make sure that you're not overworking yourself and we want to make sure that you are in having balance along multiple assets of your, uh, facets Sorry, of your life. Does that make sense? Does that sound like the sort of thing, you know, that we're looking to achieve? Am I, am I, am I resonating with people? Am I on the right line here? Like, how is this falling on your ears? Let me know. Claire, I'm back. Hopefully I never disappeared, uh, disappeared Claire. Apparently I didn't, but but just jump in comments, team. Does that resonate? Does that land with you? Like, how are you feeling about what I've just said just there? Because it is an important thing, I think, to talk about and to explain because it's something you're all going to experience at some point, depending on what it is that you're trying to do. It's all something that people are going to be going through and, and diving into, and it's all things that you're going to have to deal with. And to make sure that 
I guarantee when you go through this, you'll think I'm the only one who does this and I'm the only one who feels this way and you're not. It's a very common thing and we need to make sure that we understand that it's common. Hundred percent, Sarah. Yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me, but I think it's something that doesn't always come naturally to me to balance everything. Hundred percent. You know, Sarah, you're an example of someone who's a you know a high performer at work at the moment. You know, you're you're in a big place of lots of responsibility. There's a lot of other things going on in life as well. There's a lot to balance there. But think about the element of balance that we've had so far. Darling in just a little bit of your nutrition, getting you ready for race day, accomplishing the race day. Coming back, finding a new goal, which is what we've done there with the 10k and the speed, and then going into the next race. And trying to build you back up to a different version, i.e. getting back onto the mountain bike. We're going through that, we're going through that cycle together. And it won't feel natural to have everything hunky-dory and balanced. It's more a case of just being like, okay, is this taking away anything from my work life, from my home life, from my social life? If it isn't, great. That's balance. Equally, work needs to be balanced because if work starts taking away things from your personal life, from your social life, and it's and it's and it's giving too much to the work life, then that's again something to be balanced. I was having a conversation um, today with um, somebody in the venture coach. Uh, we were doing a bit of a walking and talking meeting, and, and we had the same thing. It's all too easy to get up in the morning and just log on and start scrolling through the emails, and then you all of a sudden you're thinking and reacting to that. Have a set time that you start work and you finish work to as much as you can control as possible. If the option is there to open your phone, don't do it. Have that control. Same thing with training. If the option is there to have a date night or to go and have a mate's night or to go and just do something for yourself, book yourself in for the night at a spa hotel. I like doing that. You know, and just give yourself a bit of a treat. Do it. 100%. And that's where we find balance because you find balance in just making sure that you're not put on the back burner. To my parents out there, all the parents in this group, you do this. You selflessly put yourself on the back burner and prioritise your kids and your family. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying make sure that there's time in your day and in your week and in your month and in your year for you. To build you. For most of the parents in here, the early morning is the time for that. Give yourself the hour and it's yours. We achieve that balance. And that's more necessary post-adventure than anything else because the last thing we want you to do is get to the post-adventure and be like well that's it for me then I'm never going to be able to do that again because you know this has happened and that's happened and now I've got to get back onto the wagon with this it's not it's a case of just looking at it more objectively and stepping through each and everything does that make sense team how are we how are we feeling that how are we feeling about that I'll give you a few seconds to jump on into comments Make sure I haven't missed any comments while I'm here as well. Okay, good stuff. Now then, new, um, just to close this call off, new base camp coming next week. Very exciting. There's an awful lot of work gone into that, so I'm excited to just get it off my chest now. Uh, and the new accountability system, which is going to be a lot smoother than what we've got at the moment. I like what we've got at the moment, but it just makes it smoother. Uh, that is all coming next week. I endeavour I endeavor to get everybody up and running by the end of next week. Um, I will be prioritising those who need their training programmes changing over first. 
because it makes a heck of a lot more sense just to put the new training program straight into the new system and starting you on new training program and new system all at once. So that is coming team. Um, and I've got a few things that I just need to test and adjust and just make sure it works because I don't want to give you um, a crappy product. But I'm hoping that you're all going to receive it very, very well and it's coming next week. So I'm very excited about that. And we have new members coming into the group, which is amazing. Um, hopefully a few more coming up over the weekend as well, which is fan fantastic. Oh, and some news team. I'm going to put a date in the Facebook group and I'm going to do it tomorrow once I've just confirmed a couple of things. There's going to be three Adventure Coach meetups this year. Two of them are going to be slightly shorter, and one of them is going to be a longer one, a full weekend, Friday night, Saturday night kind of affair. I found a venue for the Friday night, Saturday night affair, and, drumroll please, it's going to be in Scotland. Now, the reason for that is right next to where this place is. There's a massive woodland, is a loch where we can do water sports, we can hire mountain bikes, we can go into the mountains, we can go and light a fire in the woods and do cool things. There is so much going to be happening on this little weekend and it's all within, you know, a couple of hundred metres of the hut itself, which is epic. And we can have the whole place, which is very cool. So all you will need to do, team, is get there. And that's it. Everything else will be sorted for you. All right. So, yes, it's in Scotland. It's quite far for some people, but that's okay. Um, what we're going to do is, I'll come to your question in a second, Charlie. What we're going to do is, I'm going to put those details out and just see if the date lands with people. I've got a date in my mind and I want to share that and see if that lands. And then we will go from there and we'll get our Adventure Coach meetups coming. The two shorter ones, the dates are a little bit more fluid at the moment. I'm just waiting on confirmation from venues. They're just taking a long time, but otherwise we are good to go. Okay, Charlie's question. As somebody who has recently looked to plan their next adventure based on their after-action review, is there a template you can use? Obviously, because I obviously missed a load on my after-action review, but that would be really useful. Uh, we went through your after-action review, my friend, after your um, after your challenge, and you've had the benefit of looking at planning and testing and adjusting what that is. So when we look at when we look at um, templates and things, think about it. Just ask the answer the questions, literally. Just go back through this call and answer the questions that I've just asked you there. What went well? What didn't go well? What have you learned? What do you need to... What, what was good about your equipment? Food, nutrition. Just go through the whole thing in your own words and be like, okay, from start to finish, what worked, what didn't work? That's the long and short of an after-action review. What does work? What doesn't work? What have I learnt? What do I need to do differently? And that's it. And then understanding, quite crucially as well, what have I neglected? And build that into your plan. And then when you're looking to plan your next adventure, jump on the uh, workshop, the adventure planning workshop that we've got in the focus training section of Basecamp that we did uh, a couple of months ago now, and rinse and repeat. And there we go, my friend. Alrighty, team. So... I will put some more trainings up. There's going to be a few more trainings coming up in the new base camp. So um, wait out for those that are going to help people get through that process. Um, but think about it. We've got these calls for a reason. Go back, review, put them on two times speed. I speak very quickly, so that would be quite quickly anyway. And review. Go through it. Absorb. Remember the three commitments of the Adventure Coach, one of which being information without implementation is useless. So get out there and implement that information. And think about these principles as you're going through your long training sessions as well. As you're looking at your training week. You know, and understanding, well, what's my after-action review for the week? 
what went well, what didn't go well, and then move on to the next week and so on and so forth. The more you can review your progress, the better this is going to be. All right, team? Happy days. Right, I'm going to give you 50 seconds now just to jump on into comments. Have we got any more questions at all? Anything else I can do for you before we close off this call? Um, thank you all very much for your attention and your questions. It's really, really good to talk through these things. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, we've got our month of training up um, already in the group. I have to admit there is one date that I need to change, and I think it's the Thursday, the 23rd of March, or it's the 30th of March. I need to double check that um, to, share, to share some of my friends with you if interested. Happy to share. Cool. Um, yep, yeah, happy days, Claire, to share some of your after-action review with Charlie or just put it publicly in the group. Yep, yeah, 100%. That'd be awesome. Uh, but yes, there is a date that I need to change simply because there is a wedding planning date and I would be shot if I missed that. So um, just need to double-check that that um, date is altered. But yeah, we're good to go. Team, we are there. We are done. I'm here. Okay, cool. Team, I hope everyone's well. Thank you so much for your attention. I will see you in the next one. Peace.